We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey, Standing Murray, Brandon Sprague, and Casey Holdall, ladies and gentlemen, live from the road in San Antonio. The Blazers are out. This is the last road trip now, right? This is it. Yeah. You, you, you get to button it up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, and you get to do it in style in San Antonio and Oklahoma City. Hey, who doesn't want I mean, listen, it's got to be at least a little warmer, a little bit a little bit nicer. He's got uh, barley it's warmer, cool. actually. It's like 65, yeah. or excuse me, 85 right now. Oh. Wow. about that is you know being an oregonian and being even a fair-skinned oregonian by by oregonian standards like you gotta I, be careful I like the idea of the heat i i appreciate seeing other people out like taking shorts on the trip for me it's like i, I i'm not ready yet like i need to like i need to be able to spend some time in my backyard get, by myself get a, get a ramp up a little bit yes short because it's like <laughs> I, channing fry roasted me once like 10 years ago about i was wearing white socks and shorts and he's like oh yeah so you're wearing your shoes sockless because he was making a joke that my legs are as white as the socks. And uh, yeah, that, 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 that uh, forever cursed me on ever wearing socks and, or shorts, I should say, until uh, I at least had a little bit of exposure to the sun, which for the last four months I have not. Yeah, no, Sorry, that listeners, happens. by the way. No, you, you listen, you're fine. I, I have, for some reason, have a red glow on my face because the lighting in here, I, I keep changing on everything and it just not, I'm, I'm not great at this stuff. I, I, I do content. I don't do lighting. So I'm still. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of yellow from the, uh, from a little the, bit. The natural light. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm so you, you get a, you get a time, radio guy, you get a TV guy, and you get a reporter. No, none of us know how to work it. None of us stuff. know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, hey, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. I, I know we've kind of joked back and forth about having you on. It's been uh, between the pre and post game show. Uh, it was next to impossible to like arrange anything. Um, in a, a blessing in disguise, Brandon and I decided we were going to pack up the post game show for basically the last 15 games just because, well, there wasn't a whole lot we were we were garnering uh, going forward. Um, but I want to start kind of like top down because this season has been unlike any other that I've covered in what, nine, nine years now. And um, when you look at this season, expectations through Dame's injury, through CJ's trade into Nurk kind of figuring some things out into Anthony Simons erupting on the scene, there's been marks all along the way this season. What has that been like covering all of this and kind of like working through those different steps and those different machinations as you get through? 
Yeah, it's been a little difficult. Um, I mean, obviously things changing can be a good thing. And from a coverage perspective, a lot of times it's great. I mean, there was a, there was, I think it was like two or three seasons ago where the team was kind of just, it felt a bit stagnant. It was like, I feel like I've written all the stories that I'm writing now, like three years ago. So in that regard, it's nice to like have some turnover, but you know, when you have as much turnover as the team has had and when a bunch of guys aren't playing, you know, that, that does make it a, a bit more difficult. And like, just so for an example, it's like, there's been like three different instances this season where I was like, okay, I'm going to write about this guy. And then two days later, he's injured and he's not playing anymore. And then it's like, well, does it really make sense to do that? So from a broader, like seasonal perspective, you know, it, it's not like it was ever great covering it anyways, because the team never really didn't get off to a good start. And, you know, when Damien's in and out of the lineup, and uh, I think people kind of, you know, particularly after the way the, the playoffs went last season, you obviously have a, a, a new head coach in Chauncey Billups, you know, you end up moving on from, from Neil O'Shea. Uh, and then, you know, even uh, from my perspective as well, Chris McGowan moves on. And so then, you know, so you've got a bunch of different people in the organization now. Um, and, you know, part of it is kind of figuring out kind of where they're at and, and kind of what are the things that, that they, uh, that they like and they don't like, and not that that necessarily defines the coverage, but, you know, working with, with new people, uh, particularly people who are important in your organization, you know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of figure that out. And then you got the team that's struggling as well. And so I would say like, until, until Ant really took off, um, it, it was pretty lean on kind of trying to figure out what you're, what you're going to do on a day in day out basis, because it's like, you know, Damien's obviously struggling. So that's kind of not a great story. And then CJ's out, you know, with COVID or, or with the, the lung thing for a while. And so that's difficult. To God, I totally with. forgot about that. Yeah. And then, you know, Nurk is, Nurk is a guy too, where it's like, sometimes you get, he's awesome. Sometimes you get Nurk and he's not as stoked. And so, you know, that, that can kind of define the coverage. So there, there really wasn't, and as someone who, you know, works for a team and generally tries to keep my coverage, you know, not so much like I, I don't make things positive that aren't positive, mm -hmm. but I try to focus more on the positive things, I guess. And when there's not a whole lot of those things <laughs> as, you know, particularly, you know, in the first couple of months of the season was the case, you know, that can make it difficult to, to kind of get through a season. But, you know, once, once Ant really kind of came on, that really gave you kind of something else to figure out. And then once the, the trade happened, obviously, you know, we, we didn't get a whole lot of time with, with both justice and Josh playing, but, you know, for that couple of weeks, that was pretty great. And then obviously they win those four games going into the all-star break and you're like, Hey man, this, the, the second half here might really turn into something. And then, you know, it, it kind of goes the other direction. So, you know, it, I, I think you, from, from a coverage perspective, you, you kind of lower your expectations, but I guess the other piece of that too, is that, you know, it's been so bad covering the NBA for the past couple of seasons that even just yeah. being around this season and being able to talk to guys in person, not over zoom, like that yeah. in and of itself, felt like an improvement so while it maybe wasn't as good as it was like two or, th or three or four years ago it was definitely better than the last two years and you know that's uh that's better than nothing. you're you're going through everything casey and i think me and danny are doing the same thing of like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i forgot about that oh yeah and i'm curious like you're in it day to day we do the podcast on our own time like you're there every single day how many seasons has it felt like for you in one season because everything <laughs> you're saying i'm like felt like yeah probably like three seasons it, 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 and it really is because it's been like the the start of the season and Chauncey Billups and kind of what is that going to look like and then Damien's injured and what are we going to do and what is this going to mean going forward and then CJ trade transition to a team that's really preparing more for next season than this season so like it really has been in kind of three distinct parts 
And it's really felt that way too. And also just the flow of the season this year in terms of the trips, like this is our third straight nine day trip. And usually like it gets broken up a bit more. So usually, you know, you got like a two gamer here, maybe you go out for 10 days, you're home for 10 days, you go back out for three or four games. This year, it was like we were home a lot in December. We weren't winning much in December. And then we were home a lot in January. And then it feels like every time, every since January, it feels like we've been basically gone. just been on the road the entire time. And that also kind of makes the season feel a bit longer as well. So when, when you're traveling consistently with the team, like it, the way that the NBA puts together those road trips really does kind of impact the way that, that the season kind of feels to you. And, and particularly this year as well, we're staying over in a lot of places. So that kind of extends it out. Practices are, are still kind of hit and miss. So like when you're on a trip and you're like, yeah, I'm out here, I'm going to get some good stuff. And then, you know, you have like one practice over the course of 10 days and you're, and you're only covering games and the games aren't that good. So then it's like, well, what am I kind of, what am I doing? You know? So like it, that all those things together kind of leads it to feel a bit longer, but also like now that we're here at the end, basically, and obviously this is the last trip, we got one game at home and then we're done. You know, it, you do start to look back on it and be like, Oh yeah, that is, I'm the same way as you guys. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And oh yeah, I I, I forgot the, that they won those games. And I mean, but also on the flip side of that, I, you know, I'm doing the podcast with Brooke sometimes and I'm doing my little recap thing. And I was like, and the Blazers lost by 25 to the, I don't remember who we played last night. I just <laughs> lost. So like, just so at a short circuit for a split second, you know, in the second half of the season where, yeah. you know, the results have not really been what you would hope, hope it just takes on less of a significance. And when you're covering a team, like, you know, it, I, I think it's, it's hard for the, the work not to belie kind of where the team is at. And when the results don't matter as much, it, it can kind of be tough to figure out like, well, what do do yeah. matter? Yeah. yeah. You're try, trying to find the things that matter is, I mean, Brandon and I are doing this on the side basically, and it's difficult for us to do it, let alone doing it day to day, you know, as the job, Talk to me about, oh, my God, I just became a media member. I just said talk to well, me Well, and you also just crossed a potential line there. People hate the tell me about Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I literally just did it. I literally <laughs> just did it. I want. I am a staunch defender of the talk about question. <laughs> I and I'm agree. It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, it, there, there's a place for it in the industry because it. what it does is allow – if it allows the person you're talking to to give their thoughts on something – without you having to framing it through yes. your own opinion. Yes, first. exactly. And that yes. was a big thing with like Terry. So Terry's thoughts, you'd ask him a question. And the first thing he would do, he would be like, well, first off, I don't necessarily agree with the premise of the question. And then he would go into what he was <laughs> saying. Yeah. And so rather than doing that, I'd just be like, what are your thoughts on this? Because I don't want to have to, you Rephrase tell me, this. you know, yeah, right. in the first place. And now I'm going to give you my answer. They may or may not answer the things I asked. Yeah. So got like, a Terry proof your so, questions. Support for the talk about questions. You shouldn't do it all the time. Yeah, it shouldn't be the majority. I, I think this one day. actually makes sense to do it because I want you to talk about what it was like for you in that transitionary period between the murkiness of like is Dame gonna be shut down or not, to trading CJ to Ant's kind of a eruption, and then into um, taking advantage of new knowledge and where the Blazers kind of finish the season because. Obviously, things didn't go the way things people wanted in the beginning of the season. But the unpreventable things and then the decisions that kind of followed through that, 
when you when you're living that day to day, because I know in talking about other people in organization, it was a like it was the most confusing period of time between Neil's dismissal, through Dame's injury, through CJ's trade, through particularly Ant erupting, and then post All Star break. Like it's we talk about the three different sections of the season, but in within those three sections, that middle section to me has been the most interesting because of so much that happened in basically a two-month period. Yeah, it, it really did. And, you know, part of it is, I mean, when you when you work with the players and when you've been around some of these guys as long as I have, like, you kind of, you know some stuff without entirely knowing it, you know, and, and like you, you get a sense of kind of maybe which direction things are going. And, you know, the team has to go through their paces and make sure that, you know, they're, they're kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's and whatnot. But as someone who's kind of talking to these guys, like you, again, you kind of get a sense of where things are moving. So sometimes while things don't necessarily hit the public just yet, you have a little bit of an idea of kind of, again, the direction you're going. And so to go, I mean, as much turnover as we had this year was jarring. I mean, uh, to go from, I mean, obviously the, the rosters turned over a fair amount from year to year. But the main guys were still there. And obviously, you know, the, the decision makers were all the same for almost a decade. And so, yeah, so when that changes, like that is definitely going to have some, you know, it's like, it's like when you, when you think there's another step and there's not mm-hmm. that, and that step isn't there and you're kind of like, ah, like that's, that's kind of what that, that period was like. And, you know, so to go through that transition, you know, part of it is you, when you've done this for a while though, you're almost a little prepared for it because like, it seems like every blazer season or at least the last quite a few blazer seasons it's never like it's like oh things are great 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 and then you know we have the playoffs and you get eliminated it's always like eh, things are good boy things are bad and now they're going to get better as we're going as we're getting closer to the to the playoffs and then you know playoffs still being what they are but it's like it's almost like every year you expected at least two kind of distinct parts of the season which is the team is playing well and the team is in a nosedive and now they got to pull out of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that prepares you a little bit for kind of what we've seen this year. Crisis management. Um, but also too, like when you just have so much change and so much, I wouldn't even call it turmoil, but just churn, like it, you almost get a little numb to it at a certain point because a lot of times too, it's like the games keep coming, you know, and that's kind of one yeah. of the things about the NBA is yeah. the games keep coming. And so it's almost like, while sometimes it can feel like it's just like a, waves that you can't stop from crashing it also it's like well we just got to move on because we got to move on and and that can be kind of a bummer sometimes too because you want to kind of sit and feel things you know and you want to like when when things happen or or or, you know people leave an organization like you you want to have a feeling about it for a bit because you're human and you know like you know you dealt with a lot of these guys for a long time so you have relationships with them but on the other hand, too, it's like, well, there's a game tonight uh, and we're leaving for a trip tomorrow. And so it's like you just kind of keep moving. And and I think that's really the the biggest part is that while the, it, it is up and down and like things are distinct at times, like you just got to keep moving. And, and it's the off season where you kind of sit back and think like, boy, I wish I had done this better. Man, I wish they had done this or boy, I'm really glad they didn't do that. That's kind of when I start thinking about that stuff, because during the season, it's almost like you don't have a chance to. It's like, again, there's just another game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, it's it was it's really odd, like the CJ thing. Like he's here, he's gone. Hi, CJ, bye CJ, on to the next thing. And it's yeah. like a do with that organization for that long. It's crazy how fast that goes. I'm curious because we've talked about how many different uh, versions of the season there have been and where they're currently at and where they're going, you know, despite everything, not having some great results the last few games, you know, you listen to Damian Lillard do a podcast interview with Shannon Sharp, or, you know, you read quotes from some of the younger guys, the outside perspective from my view and in case you're inside. So I think you can paint a better picture. Is like, it feels like despite what's going on, there's this weird, like, breath of fresh air we know we're going to be right back into the playoff picture next year because everybody's getting right and this just didn't go our way this year whereas like sometimes on twitter i think people can skew it and go well i i i don't know how to feel about next year whereas i feel like the players maybe even people within the organization feel drastically different do you feel like after the dust has settled on a lot of big moves and changes does it feel that way for you or people around the team of just next year is going to be so drastically better and different than what we're currently going to that. I I think people are starting to feel good about it. Uh, Absolutely. And and I think that that speaks to just the, the calming presence of a new plan, you know, because basically, you know, the Blazers kind of did the same thing for the last seven, eight seasons. You know, you got Damien, you got CJ, you got Nurk, and then you kind of throw in some stuff in between and hope that it works out. And I think particularly after obviously the way things went in the playoffs last year versus the Nuggets, you know, you lose that series and then you don't make a ton of changes going into this season. And so I think for a lot of fans, it was like once they got eliminated by, you know, a a severely undermanned Nuggets team, and then they don't do a whole lot other than than make a change in head coach. 
it's like, I think for fans, they're like, well, this is kind of the same team. We saw what happened last year. We saw what happened the year before that. Like, what, what are we to expect here? And, and I, I would say too, even from like an interest perspective, and I think probably some of the numbers bear this out, you know, even at the beginning of the season when they did have everyone, like there just wasn't the same interest there that there was in past seasons. Cause I think people were a little like, maybe not tired of it, but just like, we know what this is, you know? And now there's one, it's obviously somewhat of a, I mean, there's a plan that Joe Cronin, I think we know kind of has a plan. And I think you see what the moves the team has made, you understand like, okay, they have an idea about what they want to do moving forward. And is it going to work? We hope so. Maybe it won't, but there is a plan in place. We're going to try something different and we haven't tried something different in, in half a decade. So I, I think, you know, from an organization perspective, from the player's perspective, from the fan's perspective, I mean, I think that gives you a bit of life and it gives you a bit of interest that, that just isn't there when, you know, the, the team is, is kind of the same cast of, of characters that just are getting swapped out with vet minimums every year. So I, I think that's part, but the other part too, that I, I think also gives some enthusiasm to this point in time, even though the team isn't, isn't getting many wins is that you have young guys who are getting to play who never get to play. And for those guys, it's like, do they want to win? Yes, absolutely. They want to win. But they're, you know, and I, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, not like a kind of like, oh, these, these nice young kids, but like, they're happy to be out there, you know, mm-hmm. like they're getting their opportunity now. And so for those guys, it's not like, well, we're just playing out the season and, you know, we're, we have a plan in place for the off season. That's what's really important for them. It's like, this is my chance. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get out here again. Like, I, I, this is my chance to show that I can play in the league. And guys like that are just, they, their enthusiasm is not necessarily dependent on like, well, what, are, what is the team going to look like next year? Or are we going to be able to get wins this season? I mean, they, they, I, I think winning games or, or losing games and not getting blown out for them is like, hey, we're making some progress here. And so I think that also gives a little bit of you know, it kind of lifts people up a little bit where if it was, you know, the, the, basically the team that started the season, if they were in the situation now, obviously, you know, that would be pretty bad, but it would obviously, it would feel different too. You know, like if people would have a much different feeling about this team, if it was Damian CJ Nurk and, you know, we're going to finish 11th in the Western conference standings this season, then Damian's out, Nurk's out, Josh Hart's out, Justice Winslow's out and Ant's out. And we're losing these games because now it's like, well, we know we have an ant. We know we want to keep that guy. We, Nurk has, has has looked like he's getting back into kind of the Nurk that was his best self. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some picks that we're excited about and Blazer fans love the draft. So like that, I think also gives like a feeling of like, hey, like this is this is something new. And I, I've seen kind of this show before. And while I like it, I can only watch reruns so many times before I get a bit bored with mm-hmm. seeing the same thing over and over again so like I, I do feel like you know at this point in time it, it it I do feel like there's definitely a feeling of optimism because it's like okay we we've tried something it didn't work now let's try something else and we have a a a solid plan on how to do that and so I do think that 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 gives the end of this season a bit, bit more life and a bit more interest and just doesn't feel as as negative as it would have again if this was kind of the the team that started this season and they just were kind of limping to the playoffs, which we've also seen before too. So I, I think we've, we've probably seen enough of that. And again, and if nothing else, it's going to be different. And you know, that that's exciting. One of the things Brandon and I were talking about really when the season started where the vibes were just not good. Yeah. With just You could just sense it regardless of, of, of team construction. It just, 
the vibes were not there. The, vibes the opening are... statement by Dame was just like, it's, I, I, I never it, imagined Dame saying that to him. It's going to take us a few games. Be patient with us. I was like, like oh. oh, boy, that's not a way to start a season. Um, <laughs> unabashedly, even though they may not be com- as competitive as they want to be right now, the vibes are back. You've got young guys in Watford and Brown who would not have touched the floor in other circumstances. Um, Josh Hart, I think, brings a ton of, of, of vibes back. Macklemore, having him mic'd up the last couple games has been hilarious because he's he's just pure vibes all the time. Um, when you look at this this last you know third of the season, what has it been like to watch uh, the young guys kind of flourish and shine? Unfortunately, Trenton picks up the knock, but to watch the young guys get out there and, and, and show that, these are some things that I can do because regardless of, of who the coach is, whether it's Terry, whether it's Chauncey, they, they hit this organization really for the last 10 years has had an, the onus to win and developing guys has been a secondary part of that. Unless your name was Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and really, I mean, LaMarcus had already developed at that point in time, but otherwise, unless you were one of those guys, you weren't really getting on the floor unless you showed you had it. Gary had to, to, you know, claw tooth and chew to get on the floor. When you look at those young guys and even the new additions, uh, uh, Keon Johnson in, in the last couple of games here, what has it been like for you to, to kind of get that little breath of, breath of fresh air, but not only that, to have the youth back out on the floor, which really we haven't had a youth movement in Portland in a decade? Yeah, no, it, it's it's been great. And also it's it's been a transition for me because you're exactly right. Like we have not played young players in some time and – you know, and I think part of it is, you know, we're in a different situation now. We've been in the past, I mean, since obviously since Damien's rookie season with the team, you know, very unlikely to go to the postseason. I don't know if they've been mathematically eliminated yet, but I mean. I think we're there. I, I mean, the, the play-in makes it makes it tough because yeah. obviously like everyone is, is when you. Still in. I think I think out. everyone but the, the, the Thunder and Pistons are out now. So Exactly. Yeah. So, so like that, that piece of it has been great. And so for me, it, it, it I've had to not so much relearn how to do the job, but like take a different approach to it for sure. Because, you know, my thing is kind of more like having spent time with a lot of the vets, like using those relationships to kind of tell those stories. And in general, those are the things that people want to want to hear about. Um, so to, to take it from a different level and, and really approach it more from a development perspective and you know, talking about kind of the things that, that the team wants to get accomplished while not necessarily getting results you know, that that has been a, a transition because we haven't really been in that situation since, you know, they lost 13 games straight. And even then, like it was like, well, we, we know what we know what it is. We're guys are injured. We're going to, you know, take a dive here and then come back better. And they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this season to have like the level of young guys playing ha- has been fun. And it, it's like it's a good reset, too, because it also reminds you like, hey, like you from my perspective, I, I think my coverage was probably getting a bit too focused more on like the upper part of, of the depth chart. And I, and I, I, I think I actually even put in my, in kind of my goals for this season to be like, I need to get back to kind of getting more into these the grassroots coverage. Type Ex- stuff. Exactly. And, you know, when you're a playoff team and you have vets like it, it can be hard to kind of carve out that time. So mm-hmm. because also to your point, as you were saying, they weren't really playing a whole lot. So it's like, if we're not talking about how you're playing, what are we, what are we talking about? So, so to have those options now has, has been fun. And, and again, like it, it, it's also, it, I've found it's a little bit hard to get to know guys unless you have cause to talk to them because, you know, like if you're not playing again, like 
if you do something fun or I notice something like I can write about that, but it's like more of the kind of casual get to know you stuff is usually kind of borne out through, you know, kind of sitting down with a guy for a story. So to, to kind of broaden that out this season on the roster and have more guys to, to talk to and kind of learn about and, and get to know has been, has been definitely one of the, one of the positives of this season. And, you know, we, we do have a great group of young guys and, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I, I was talking to Damien, you know, before the, uh, the Pelicans game and, you know, the Pelicans got a couple guys who, you know, are like, like Jose Alvarado, a guy who, you know, mm-hmm. no one really expected to do anything, you know, gets an opportunity and is now a player in the league. And I was thinking, I was like, that's, we need that to happen to us. Like we need to spend some time with these kind of young and up and coming players and really get some of these guys into the organization that can play mm-hmm. because that's kind of what you need. Or it's something that's missing from this team is like a, a young kind of up and coming guy who, who is trying to go out and get it and prove himself and show that, you know, like he's not only just a guy who can be at your end of your bench, but that can really play. And so we've, we've seen that a little bit. I think a guy in Trendon, mm-hmm. you know, is someone who I don't think there's, we hadn't done much with two-way guys anyways. Um, yeah. And even the two-way guys that kind of like, I assumed that they would bring back, they ended up not bringing back in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. So if the season doesn't go the way it goes this year, like a guy like Trendon is like, I, it's hard to see any way that Trendon ever gets an opportunity to show what he can do. No. And now he has got that opportunity. And I think the team is going to be better for it when they're able to reload, because now they're, they'll have some guys that, that you know, the seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. And they converted your, a two way contract to a real contract, Casey. Right. Which I don't think they had done. <laughs> they had so, done like, that before that. So, that's, so, that's, like, like that. That's a good representation of like, yes. that's what you get from, yeah. from times like this. And mm-hmm. that can be, rewarding as well and and again it, it doesn't necessarily bear out in terms of wins right now but one you hope it will at some point in time but two it, it does give you a chance to just like reconsider the way you play and reconsider kind of what are the areas we might need to address that we had guys on our roster that we didn't necessarily even know could have done those things mm-hmm. so uh, i think that's definitely one of the one of the real positive takeaways from the season is like yeah, it didn't really go the way you wanted, but I think you you probably end up with two or three guys who you do feel like, hey, th- this guy can play and this guy is worth keeping around. Whereas before, again, it was like just a constant rotation of like, well, this guy can play a little bit. And you and I have talked about young guys over the back. last seven years. And the question you've always had, can he do it? Can he do it? Like, because you just didn't have room to get guys on the floor. Yeah. And you could see Gary had a little bit of juice. You could see Ant had a little bit of juice. Like, you could see these guys that were there, but that opportunity now, even, I mean, Ant being a first-round pick, Gary basically being a first-round pick, just, you know, at the front end of the second round. But you get guys, you know, like Watford on a two-way deal or Greg Brown late in the second round. Those guys would never, ever have been on the floor in a regular season, whether it be Chauncey, Terry, it doesn't matter because of the way this team is built up. And I think when you're, when you're talking about the situation this team is in and, and kind of re- reporting on that and covering that and building those relationships, more than that, I think that changes the tone for the, for the franchise. It, it sets a tone for like, hey, no, you can come here and play because players talk, man. The young guys are looking at that like, I don't want listen, man. I don't want to go to Portland. I'm going to sit there for three years. Like, that's 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 a thing that that you know, hey, you know, if I go to a bad organization, I can go show what I got in the first year or two. Like, I can play it a little bit. It's always one of those dicey things. But if you can walk that line of doing both, I think that sends at least a a different message and a different tone from what the organization has kind of going forward. 
Absolutely. And I think you make a great point with, with Gary and Ant too, because like, I think with those two guys, I mean, one, and shout out to, and since I am on your podcast, I should just say that Dan and I have had a lot of conversations over the years about Ant and Dan always being a bit more higher on him than I was not a bit considerably more considerably. And, uh, yes. and I was wrong. And Dan was absolutely right. So just for the record, it, it was, uh, I was when, when he play. started going in January, I go, how many more games of this you need to see? You're like, I don't know, like another oh. month. I think he had like two more games. Like, okay, I've seen enough. Yeah. That, I, mean, I was like, okay, that's, you're right. Uh, I'm wrong. It's that's fine. And I will say too, that, you know, that wasn't just necessarily, I had heard that from other people in the organization previously as well. So mm. like, which really speaks to like when you have a change, like sometimes that change is enough to really kind of set a guy off. And yeah. obviously, you know, Ant is the most responsible for his own success, but you know, you, you got to be put in a position as well. So yeah. uh, I don't like you giving him all this credit, Casey. I don't like you. I don't like you giving him all this credit. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring he, it up. He gets enough of it. I have a conspiracy theory. He's actually a plant hired by Ant's team to be in the media, act like he's neutral. <laughs> Look in the background of his of his video. He's got an ant picture hanging up. Hey, listen, I got one. I got one of Gary too. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, you know, as 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 someone who uh, you know, I can hate a bit, and uh, I can be a bit hard on people when when someone does get it right. I feel like I should part of part of being a hater is is to admit when you know someone else got it at least more right than you had it. I, I got I get and one out of a hundred more right than I did. Yeah. Um, but, but what I was gonna say with Gary and, and Ant is, you know, I, I think you see there as well that like, and, and part of it is, you know, it's just the way it goes. And when you have, you know, guys at the same position that are all good, you know, there's never gonna be enough time. But it did seem like it was the point with Gary where it was like, Gary was sick of waiting. You know, yeah. it's like Gary didn't wanna wait anymore for his opportunity. He, I mean, he got a taste of it and shown that he, that he deserved it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, guys come back and then it's like, I, I the in my head, I always think of that game at Staples. I don't remember which one it was, but Gary was wearing that bandana and he's doing his post game and he's got a shirt on that and he's basically it's unbuttoned. Mm -hmm. And just how, how mad he seemed. And like, and it was like, that, at that point, that was like, the first one like, I, when he didn't, when he didn't play. Right. Exactly. And that was, was, that was the first time in Staples. It was like the fifth game of this fifth or seventh game of the season. I remember that because he had gone off the night before, but, but he must've played because he, he did a post game interview. Oh, you're right. He, and it he, was, and it, no, I, it was, he didn't play the like game before he, he, play, he went off in that game. That's what it was. I, I remember that. And it was like, Cause he had played like four, he minutes played like six four. minutes or something yeah. at first went off in the second for like 31. Yeah. And it was like, Whoa, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have those kind of situations where, you know, on one hand you, you hope guys can be patient and you hope they understand that, you know, like it, it takes some time sometimes to, to clear it minutes, but all guys aren't like that. And yeah. I mean, heck, like who can blame them? You know, money's like, on the line. Exactly. So yeah. So at a certain point, you like if you want your organization to be able to like continue to to grow and to mm -hmm. to go somewhere else and and to mature, like you have to give those guys opportunities. And so right now you got a whole bunch of guys who are getting opportunities right now. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But like next season, if they're sitting on the bench, it's not like they can say to themselves like, "Man, no one no one will give me a shot here." It's like, well, no, you did. You just have to kind of grow a little bit yeah. now. So like and. I think they've been real lucky with that regard with Ant because it's like, you know, I, I think Anthony could be a guy too, where it's like, Hey, I'm playing great. CJ comes back. I'm, I'm kind of out of the, not out of the rotation, but like, I don't have the same minutes again. And then it's like, right. well, 
how much more can you ask a guy to kind of wait in order to before he kind of takes that step? And so again, that's another one one of the positive things about this season is if nothing else, you know, you, you do kind of get to reset kind of the notion of what happens in Portland because you're right. Like it's always like, eh, rookies don't play in Portland. Terry Stotts even play rookies. <laughs> And I mean, Chauncey, his whole thing is like, I, I want to give these guys confidence. And, you know, even had Drew Eubanks talking about that last night, a guy who's been in the league for a couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, so like that, that is definitely something where you look at and you're like, this is, it has to happen eventually because if it doesn't, you end up with a bunch of young guys who are like, Hey, I'm out of here. And yeah. again, then you end up having to kind of figure out other ways to fill out your roster and you don't, you don't ever get to like prepare for what next might be because it's mm -hmm. like, those guys are, are always either one kind of getting fed up with having to wait or two getting used in trades to bring in other guys in because you know that you're not gonna be able to clear out room for them. So, um, you know, it, it, that, that piece of the roster building is, can be, can be difficult, but I, I feel like in these instances, when you, when you can throw all the minutes you want it guys, like that's, that helps smooth things over a little bit. Mm -hmm. well, I'm looking forward to the Blazer uh, Drew Eubanks revenge game against the Spurs, like everybody else. <laughs> but I, I'm curious, Casey, you, we talked a lot about, where the team is, where they're going, uh, th this leading into draft conversations for many people. Uh, kind of a two-parter. One, what do you make of all the, the draft fodder from people who, who literally are not paid to scout, who do not watch like 90% of these college games, coming away with opinions from the tournament? And then also to kind of just Blazer Twitter in general to me has been very interesting this season. I've largely steered clear of most of it, but I'm still on it, observing the way that it's gone. Uh, kind of just both your thoughts on those things. Yeah, I mean, I, I am one of those people that doesn't know hardly anything about the, the draft eligible guys um, because I watch almost no college basketball. I don't complain about it like uh, I used to or like some people do, but um, but I am also in that group of people who was like, well, I don't know. I, even I think I told someone that the other day. I was like, when they make the league, that's when I'll pay attention. Like until then, like, I don't know. Like, and so I, I do think that it, you know, it you, you get a sense of, of how hard some of these evaluations are because yeah like you have a whole bunch of people that are watching these things and like hey this is this guy really blew up in the tournament and then it's like well you're gonna draft this guy or not or or you know even the other day people talking about like well why isn't drew timmy gonna get taken in the first round you know he, he's he's the best player on you know the number one seated team so you know it draft is i understand people kind of having strong opinions about the draft because you know, everyone wants to be the person that knew before anyone else knew that this guy was going to be great. Uh, and that's just a, you know, I, I think part of that is, you know, a lot of, a lot of social media is kind of based off of the notion of like, I, I know things and I'm going to, to carry it out to its odd conclusion of I'm right no matter what. And so like part of it, I feel like it's just writing for your guy. Um, and as far as like Blazer Twitter goes, like, I don't know like th this season for me too i've tried to kind of not do as pay as much attention um one just because you know the just the nature of the season and but two just i, I feel like the last last season with with terry got pretty toxic and it was just yeah. like and again like i i you know and I, I don't even mean that negatively like i i understand and and you know you want people to be passionate and you know it's you can't necessarily be like we've got great fans when it's good and then when it's bad and they're still passionate, but yeah. maybe kind of negatively passionate, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to be like, well, that's that's unfair to the team or whatever. It's like, well, you you want people to care. It's just, we necessarily, we haven't maybe done what we need to do on our end to make sure that that passion is 
is being applied from a positive perspective. So, but I, I mean, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's gotten a little better this year. I, I feel like people have, have taken, I, I guess that's the other part of, you know, we're talking about kind of whatever positives you can take from this season. When you remove the expectations, which, you know, obviously after the, the all-star break, I think, you know, people kind of saw what was happening and knew that like, there's not really an expectation here. I, I think that, that, that lets you kind of, the release exactly like you free yourself from those expectations Mm -hmm. and i also think too that like you know i would guess that over the past five or six seasons probably there's probably been a a good percentage of fans who would have rather not seen the team make the playoffs in maybe three of those six seasons Mm -hmm. and so for those people it's like well we're not making the playoffs this year but that's okay because i didn't want to make a playoffs last year because i didn't think they were gonna be able to do anything and i was right they didn't so i i think that you know, you, you, you got to kind of take, take it for what it is. And, but I, I do also think too, that like, I, I learn things from people on Twitter who pay more attention to, to college than I might. Uh, I learn kind of about perspectives that I maybe haven't considered or just kind of where people are at in terms of their fandom through Twitter a lot of times. And, and that's stuff that I wouldn't necessarily be exposed to. And, you know, the other piece of that as well is that, you know, someone who's, you know, I'm turning 42 here in a month, like my circle of friends and, and influence is probably a little smaller than it used to be. And so like, I don't really mind kind of some of these, these interactions because it's like, I, I want to know what, what people who are 25 think of this team or who are 35 think of this team because I don't have a whole lot of interactions with non-players who are 25 <laughs> years old. So like, so for me, it's, it, it, it can be grading sometimes, but I would say this season. And again, I don't know if it's because I've stepped away from it a little bit or just because, you know, once, once they let Terry go, it kind of removed that whole. I think the nature of the discourse has changed even, even before the cool the transition. Yeah, good. I mean, that, that yeah. that's good to, to hear that as well, because I, I felt that way too. Um, and again, it just seemed like it was almost one of those situations where like something has to happen here in order to kind of let some of this yeah. this pressure that's been building in this kind of fandom for a while. And you know, I think moving on from from coaches and executives does that, and from from players too. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know more than anything with CJ coming back. And you know, I remember one of the the last I feel like good stories I wrote about CJ was um, it was early in the season, and he had he had had a couple of great plays back to back and he was like yelling at the crowd and he was like, I'm still here. Yeah. And I was like, what'd you mean about that CJ? And he's like, what do you think I meant about it? And I was like, well, that's the most CJ answer I, ever, by the I, way. I have some assumptions <laughs> about what I think you're saying. Exactly. I, what I think you're saying is that a lot of these people here want you gone. Yeah. But you're still here. And he's like, yeah, you know, that, that might be what it is. So like, when you have a guy who was polarizing like CJ, which is mm-hmm. so weird to say that CJ was polarizing, yeah. but just like, like the the space that he inhabited more than like the player or the person himself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When you have all those things kind of change over, and those were real, I think probably like kind of friction points for people on social. You know, those things all go away, and I think it maybe you know it kind of resets the deck a little bit, both in terms of obviously what the team is doing and, and kind of the way that people view the team. So, you know, I, I again, I, <laughs> I I don't trust many people when it comes to uh, draft knowledge. Uh, but that's okay because, again, when they get on the Blazers, that's when I'll pay attention to them. I don't necessarily have to pay attention to them if they end up on the Kings or the Thunder, at least not for a couple seasons at least. So um, so I, I'm a little lucky in that regard, I guess, Brandon. Casey, um, I'm going to ask you something here. Um, 
I'm going to give you the power. Who are you sending to the draft lottery? Oh. Who, who is the lucky token that you send to the, to the draft lottery? And, and let, me add, let me add a caveat real quick. If they offered it to you because everybody else was like, I don't want to go, are you, <laughs> are you excited about doing it? Or are you kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to be that guy up there next to insert whoever exec. You don't want to be no, up there I... the, 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 next to uh, the Cavs owners, kid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind that. I If we were like picking like where we're at now, if we were like the number one worst best odds to get mm. the number one pick, yeah. I would maybe rethink it a little bit then. Because if you like, fall out of that spot. Guy, oh, you're yeah, going to feel like, like you're to blame. You're like, <laughs> I was the jinx. I was exactly. the reason we didn't get it. Yeah. Um, gosh, who would I – who – Because we think Dame's going to go. We, we're just throwing it out there. We have no idea. We're just throwing it out there that he Dame's going to He go. was telling me about some of his offseason plans, and I don't think he's probably going to be the one that goes. <laughs> okay. Um, he's got a few things going on this summer, and I don't, I don't know that uh, – that he'll be in Chicago for that, but that's only a month away from us. So it maybe, but gosh, who, who would I send? I, I is know it an executive? You, is it, is it a player? I'll say this. I think it would be fantastic. And you may not be able to comment on this, but I'm personally rooting for Joe to go. And it still says interim GM <laughs> at insert team that might have top three pick. At the end. I, mean, I, I think Joe's had a pretty good role here. So yes, like Joe would definitely be a person I would consider for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Joe seems like a guy who, like, the universe can't be pissed off at Joe Cronin. Yeah. Like, it, I, I've done things that the universe could be like, you know what, let's, let's punish this We guy. need to make wow. sure like, the basketball gods will be spiteful here. Exactly. Okay. Like, Cronin is I, – I, I can't imagine that the cosmos would have any, like, oh, that Joe Cronin. He really shouldn't. <laughs> so, like, he'd be a pretty good – I'm trying – I, I – I feel like I was just talking to someone the other day uh, to someone that I feel like if North Carolina wins the title, does Nas go? I can't remember who it was now. <laughs> I'll tell you, if Burke goes, he better wear the leather jacket. I'm telling you, he better have that leather jacket on. <laughs> if Nurt goes or no, Bert, I said Bert. If oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, actually Paul's jacket would be the one that hey, if I could get Paul's old jacket, oh, that'd be cool. I would, I would ask absolutely go um i was always fascinated by that jacket in my head like it had all these it was like had technology in it <laughs> and like bulletproof and knife proof kevlar like isn't the answer gonna be ant though like we're not throwing ant out there but he's the 22 year old kid who might probably but but the oh. fact that he's up for a contract though i think makes that a little more difficult it's oh like, that's a, that's a good point. Guy, yeah. i mean and i, I think say, like if north carolina wins the title send Oz. Maybe Nas, but Nas has had such a, I mean, between yeah. but this is, you know, the universe, the, the basketball and gods and owe him. The they owe him. You feel like he's due. He's Nobody like, listen, him. man, he's, I mean, he would get knocked unconscious in Florida, COVID, you know, losing that weight, tears the shoulder. I mean, man has been through the ringer. Basketball gods owe him a little something. North Carolina, little, little dark horse, you know, get in, win the, win the, win the title. I mean, that's that's gotta that's gotta at least slide him in there. I think Nas is a good option. I think Lamar would be a good option Ooh, as well. Commencement um, speaker at OSU this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he got that. Exactly, and I mean because again, like Lamar is one of those guys where it's like you can't say anything bad about Lamar. There, there's no way yeah. that that Lamar doesn't have any any bad juju coming his way. So like, you, you, if nothing else, you got that squared away. Um, people like being around him. Uh, 
I think Lamar would be a good option too. Yeah. Now, and I know Lamar doesn't really like to go out a whole lot. So like getting, getting him on to, to Chicago after the season is over. And I know he's got quite a few other uh, interests as well, but uh, maybe, maybe Lamar, Lamar, if you're watching this, uh, I'm going to recommend that they send him to the draft. <laughs> I, I, I almost think Casey, if he doesn't like to get out, like you almost have to entice Lamar with like community service. You gotta be like, Lamar, you go to this thing and 10 kids are getting a scholarship to a camp this summer. Like, I'm there. I'm in. He'd, he'd, he'd be there. Yeah. He'd be there. So that, that's a pretty good option too. Man, I wish I could remember who. It's going to drive me nuts now. Are, are you are you prepared if it does hit top three for what that what that does? No. No. <laughs> I am not. No. See, you, you've been with the team now for how long? Uh, this is my – it's been 15 years, 16th season, I think. So year Greg's second year. Well, no. So so Greg's draft. So I, I joined the team in December of Greg's rookie season. Okay. So uh, you, you weren't there so for the, for I, the so lottery I was draft. For Oregon Live okay, yeah. when they won the I, and I was at whatever it was Billy Rays or whatever <laughs> when they, they had that party and Barrett, you know, was like lost ah, his and, mind. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember like I was my computer was like in a like a window cutout, like you know, kind of like a bar has mm-hmm. and like yeah. I, and so I, I remember distinctly that happening and I wasn't ready for that either. Um, but yeah, no, that, it would be, I would get ready for it pretty quickly, but I also feel like too, like, like the, the part that I can, that I can control or the, the, the small piece that I can, that I can uh, contribute to the, to the draft lottery would be assuming that we are going to get the worst possible pick because I, I feel like it, as someone like myself was like, we're, it's not going to happen. We're oh, just drown it in pessimism. Yeah, works blind. Like I, yep. I, if I can do the anti jinx, like I feel like that's the only the only part where I can really be helpful. So, um, so that I, I will probably go into just assuming that the worst is going to happen. And I'm, a, you know, I'm a Blazer fan, so like that's kind of it's your life, hey, right? Kind of anyways, so. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that uh, I I would not want to go if it was. If we were at the top, it was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I'd, uh, I'd be willing to take it. I also, I, I do feel like I have some, I can't will things to happen, but like, I do feel like I, I have a, a good respect for how to at least put yourself in a position to get a little bit lucky. like To, to appease the basketball gods. Exactly. Like mm. I, 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 I try to, I, I take very specific steps to do. Do you pull out the Holy Jordans? Things. Exactly. And so like, I, I think that might, that might be helpful, but again, I, you don't you don't yeah. want me up there. I feel like you walk across the court in a post game and you pick up as many wet spots with your shoes along the way to take care of the court. Like you're doing everything you can. To <laughs> I, I, I do pick up the. Well, there was a story the other day about uh, at Google, like they they if you pick up garbage or whatever, they make a note of that in your personnel file because that means that you're someone that's doing it for the team and not necessarily for yourself or whatever, and it was something like that. And I was like, I've been cleaning up stuff on press row for years and years now. I clean. <laughs> my my hotel room before we leave generally not like a full clean you know i wipe right. down surfaces i make sure all the all the uh, linens are are all in one place so like you know i try to i try to help out where i can so yeah like, good I karmic energy well. into the universe. yes yes exactly I, uh, but the one thing i do to brand I, I always make sure to step on the uh the tacky paper that's on the court mm-hmm. because it makes me feel like i'm like yeah you know, I'm, you're checking in i'm playing <laughs> exactly like i go and I'm, tap, I take two uh, steps and i walk i go to the other one i walk and <laughs> I keep on going. So I'm always, I, I'm always questioning if someone's ever going to ask me like what I'm doing there anyways, because like, if I was like Mark Mason, I'd be like, dog, like get, get out of the way. You, your shoes are fine. Don't, the, this is for the players. Get out of here. 
Oh man, I love that. I love that you told us that. All right, we're gonna get get you out of here on that because you and I will we'll, we're we're both prone to talk way too much. So uh, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate you, uh, guys. You can follow Casey on Twitter at Seahold. Uh, your your handle's the same on Instagram too, right? Uh, it's Casey Holdall. That's on, right. Uh, I, I, I thought so, yours was like mine. Real quick, Danny, I I need to give him a shout out since we have him because yep. I meant to text him and I forgot. Uh, Eric did a really smart thing. CJ coming back. Send me your favorite CJ memory, and it caught on. Like everybody was quote tweeting it. Holdall is a marketing genius. Because Holdall has great memories. So what does Holdall do? He quote tweets Eric's tweet with just a direct link to the Instagram. He's like, you know what? If I'm going to send some memories out, I'm linking it to the other account too. Brilliant. Well, it, And usually I don't like it because it, it is kind of taboo to put Instagram links on Twitter. Like people in social, that's like a... Like, Amara probably have, berated you for that. <laughs> exactly. But that was one where it's like, I didn't know, I didn't know if I had that that uh that photo on my computer anywhere mm -hmm. so and really i more the fact that cj was like i want to be more like casey hold on which I, i'm sure he was making a joke at the time but i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that he actually meant that uh honestly so uh that's why i want to make sure but thank you brandon i appreciate that i am trying to expand the brand and if yeah, you're gonna follow me at this point i would say follow me on instagram rather than twitter because you don't want to Right. You don't want to hear my dumb thoughts on Twitter. Casey has <laughs> tremendous pictures. That's that's the thing you need to know. It's, it's between you and Gulliver for the uh, best media pictures out there. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think – I think you two are the, the, the king supreme. Ben's, Ben's good. And I, Ben has a better eye for it than I do too, actually. Like Ben has a better like idea of like this is going to hit more, more than he, I do. He, so. It's nothing but bangers, man. It's, 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 yeah. it's impressive. Uh, well, hey, in, enjoy the road trip, the last of the season. Um, I, I'd say this in, in, a, in a kindest manner possible. Enjoy your May. Because yeah. you're going to get a May for the first time in eight years. Holdalls are going to Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. nice. Yes. With so, sunscreen. It's going to be hot as hell. Ramp up now. Ramp up now. Probably the next time we'll actually physically see each other is Vegas because Blazers will have a draft pick and we'll both be down there covering. So. And shout out to having first round picks to cover in Las Vegas. <laughs> like, that, uh, that is. A gets a little dicey than, otherwise in the opposite yeah exactly <laughs> well hey man thank you very much enjoy the uh the day off in san antonio or san antone for for casey there um again folks you can follow him uh on social media at c hold on twitter at casey hold on instagram you can follow us at danny Morang at brandon sprague and at jack ramsey's uh and you can email the show jack ramsey's gmail.com like rate review subscribe help us grow the show if you're watching here on youtube live please subscribe hit the button it's free. It's easy. If you're watching on the replay, subscribe. If you're new, if you're old. Otherwise, we appreciate you. We love you. You can get the replay uh, wherever you get podcasts. It'll go up live after that. Until then, take care. Talk soon. We'll catch you guys tomorrow night. For the, uh, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.